Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Phones to silent, doors to cross-check, hold on to your hats. This is Five Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcast, with your hosts, Stocks, Sparky, Murph and Nick. Hey, what's going on Rush Nation and welcome to the third show of the week. Man, do we have a guest for you today. Murph and I are in the studio and our guest, Benjamin Albright, has joined us on the line. How are you doing, Benjamin? I'm doing all right. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate your time, given how busy this week is. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, always carve time out to talk football, though. <laughs> we love that, and we really appreciate your time. Obviously, you've got a big week ahead. Um, have, you, have you made it to, to Indianapolis? Are you there now, or are you on your way? Or? Uh, I actually canceled. I've been, uh, I've been very, very sick over the last two weeks. I uh, had bronchitis, had some fluid in my lungs. They had to drain. Uh, so I went ahead and canceled for this year. Uh, going out, this will be the first year I am not going to the Combine in about 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it's horrible. Horrible, horrible thing. I uh, I suffer with that not frequently, but I've got no adenoids and no tonsils. I had them out as a kid, so I'm prone to getting those kind of horrible, fluey, uh, cold, liquidy in your lungs. It's just horrible as well. So I, I feel you because it happens to me every couple of years. Yeah, it's uh, it's not been pleasant, but uh, I just wanted to be you know take the precaution just in case. And uh, and since so this year, I'm sitting it out. Yeah, for sure. I make you right. So I thought what we'd do is uh, get a little bit into this and talk about uh, you and, and how you got talking about the, the NFL and, uh, and talking about football for a living. Um, you want the story from the beginning? 
Wow, whatever you're prepared to say. Yeah, it's interesting. I always find it fascinating to see how people got their inroads into and their starts. Well, it was, uh, it was December 12th uh, in the year of our Lord, 1980, and I was born. I, I'm just kidding. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I, no, I, um, you know, I played football growing up. I grew up in the South and uh, in the United States where football is, is kind of a, its own religion. Um, you know, and I, you know, so I, I grew up playing the game. Um, I was a, I was a quarterback. I was a fast kind of a scrambling quarterback. Um, it was definitely undersized. Uh, and so when it came to college, um, you know, uh, walked on as a, and, and, and became a receiver, uh, would, and I say a receiver, I, I really was just receiving my helmet in my hands, uh, and standing on the sideline, uh, all game, but you know, I love the game and, and, and I always have. And so, uh, for me, it was, uh, you know, what's the next step. And, you know, I, being where I was made a lot of friends who went on to, you know, higher levels of football. Uh, a lot of teammates that went on to that. And so uh, kind of started out making a lot of connections uh, there, whether it was players, agents, you know, things like that. And, um, and, and that kind of evolved, I guess, from there, uh, um, you know, got some, con- did some contract scouting uh, for a little while and parlayed that into a, uh, into a radio show out of nowhere. I'd never even thought about doing radio before and, and was approached and, and that took off. Uh, so I went from a weekend radio show to a midday radio host and then kept, getting bigger markets and uh it just kind of kind of evolved from there and you know the twitter thing and all that has just kind of grown and um i always it's kind of funny because i get asked for advice all the time and i'm like guys i'm the worst person to ask i did everything you're not supposed to do in this business uh and somehow you know came out uh uh in the middle so um it's you know uh it's it's been a fun ride uh it's interesting um you know, some of the offers that come my way these days are, are interesting, but um, I, I'm just enjoying it. I enjoy the game. I enjoy talking about the game. And, and at the end of the day, we're all just dudes talking football. So I love that. I think it's amazing. Whereabouts in the, uh, in the South did you, did you grow up? Uh, well, I was born in, in St. Louis, which is actually the Midwest, but um, I, Tennessee, uh, just outside of Nashville, just south of Nashville, and then uh, Arkansas, uh, most of it. That's that's incredible. I love Tennessee. So I um, I lived in Florida for a few years, and um, one of the and, and just outside Orlando. And um, long story short, I ended up living for a couple of years with uh, a family who are uh, real Southerners from Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> both uh, both parents went to uh, UT. They're Vols fans mm-hmm. all the way. Um, so when I went to UF, it wasn't the most popular decision. <laughs> I was University of Arkansas, so I understand. <laughs> so yeah completely get it so um but we still and I, lived in, I lived in tampa for a year as well so if you were just outside of orlando we were probably uh, uh probably neighbors for a little bit there amazing <laughs> see that's incredible i love that all right and in terms of your team obviously growing up in the south who who is your your nfl franchise that you tend to follow um well i kind of grew up a kansas city chiefs fan um i did live in kansas city for a while as well uh, and in the eighties, the, the quarterback there, Bill Kenny, his daughter and I went to school together. We were kind of each other's first boyfriend and girlfriend. Uh, so it was one of those, um, you know, I was kind of a chiefs fan growing up. Now I, I live in Denver now. Uh, and so that presents a bit of a problem sometimes as I cover the Broncos, uh, kind of extensively. So I don't really have a team quote unquote anymore. Uh, I, I just love the game, but you know, growing up, I was a bit of a chiefs fan. It's funny because I get to, uh, I actually get to hang out with, uh, with Steve Atwater quite a bit and, uh, you know, Steve has the infamous hit on Christian Okoye, and he's a former Arkansas Razorback. So for me, it's kind of the best of both worlds. I get to razz him a little bit about some of that kind of stuff. And 
uh, it's, it's really kind of a, like I said, dream come true, really. Um, you know, you wake up every day and you're like, they pay me to do this. Why? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I, again, I think it's, it's just so incredible when we're lucky to talk to people like yourself who, who do what you do for a living. You guys, you're, yeah, I'm, I'm nobody, man. I'm, I'm lucky to talk to you guys. <laughs> we appreciate that. Um, so obviously you, you break a lot of news in the NFL. Um, you were one of the first people to, well, you were the first to talk about Bruce Arians potentially going to Tampa almost 12 months ago. What would you say is the, the biggest news story that, that you've, you've broken or the, the best news story that you've, you've broken and gotten the credit for? Oh man, that last, that last copy I get the credit for. That's uh that's one that'll chat me a little bit. Um, <laughs> you know, well, you uh, can claim the credit for, how about we change it? Oh, I, I don't. Um, oh goodness. Uh, what's the best story? Oof. Um, the, the most, the story that, uh, secretly gives me the most satisfaction, um, would be breaking that Jeff Fisher was being hired by the then St. Louis Rams. Uh, because at the time, Jeff Fisher was sitting on his couch in the living room with Mike Silver, who was going to break the story, quote unquote. Uh, and Mike and I don't get along. And so for me, um, being able to scoop Mike uh, Silver while he was on Jeff Fisher's couch that the Rams were hiring Jeff Fisher is kind of a point of personal pride. <laughs> How does I'm, that even happen? I'm so petty for that. I know I am. I'm so petty for that, but it is one of those things. Oh, I'm with you. I that's that. That'd be my ultimate. That'd be like the you've taken it right from out uh, under him, and he's like, "What the heck?" <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, yeah. That's that's a personal point of pride. Um, other stories that I mean, it, it probably didn't garner any attention, but uh, you know, the Luis uh, Luis Perez story, like coming up in his entire story. He's with the AAF now, but. He was with the Rams practice squad. Not a lot of attention uh, on that, but that was, you know, he was a good guy, and I got a chance to talk to him quite a bit before the uh, before the draft. While I was training. Uh, who else? Let me think. Uh, oh goodness, um, I don't know. Those are the ones that jump out at me right off the bat. I know those aren't big time stories or whatever, but those are the ones that, that always kind of uh, kind of jumped out at me. I mean, I, you know, as recently as the Des Bryant signing, um, that was pretty fun because. It was interesting that I was uh, I was talking to a guy who worked for NFL Network while they were trying to nail the story down, and another guy from NFL Network who was working on the story separately um, turned around and was like kind of being um, snippy, I guess. I don't know. He anyway blocked me on Twitter for breaking the story the night before, uh, and then such an outcry. It was weird because I got such an outcry from people who follow me tweeting him uh, that he was you know being a snot for. Uh, for blocking me that he ended up unblocking and kind of apologizing. And it was, um, it was, it was kind of interesting. It was one of those, one of those things because I deal with trolls and stuff so often that um, it kind of, you know, kind of had a Grinch warms my heart moment there with people who were, you know, sticking up for what it is that I do, which, you know, which was really nice. You really do. And it really annoys me. I, I sometimes come in and write tweets and uh, on our account to, to, to sort of have a go at people because I absolutely hate it. I just don't understand why you're just doing doing your job and informing fans of opinions and news and facts and what's going on and people just have a go at you for it. it just it, I find it baffling that people can be bothered to do that. I just think it's it's irritating and it's not condoned. And, and yeah, I just think it really, really annoys me that, that I see that on your profile and think it's just not on at all. I Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting phenomenon. I've kind of... Um, I've kind of become that guy. I guess people love to hate for whatever reason. And uh, I, I kind of, you know, to be fair to them, I do lean into it a little bit on Twitter 
um, you know, but the Twitter persona, I think that, uh, that I utilize is not really, uh, reflective of who I am as a person. I think people that meet me, uh, understand the difference between Twitter Ben and, uh, and real Ben. Um, so, you know, I, it, it's fun and it's fun to, it's fun to do that and kind of ham it up where Twitter's kind of a, almost a Stephen Colbert exaggerated version of myself. Um, but you know, I, like I said, I, I lean into it a little, so I guess, you know, I guess I understand, but at the same time, it's, it gets frustrating sometimes when, uh, you know, you're trying to answer everybody, everybody's questions and, uh, you, you get derailed by, you know, trolls. Yeah. It's not on in my book. And Chris had something similar the other day. He wrote an article, and and people from Facebook started um, started just trolling. Is he, he used the analogy of uh, the, a sweet shop is uh, and the and the Patriots, and people started coming at him saying, "This is the worst thing I've ever read. Who who would even have the time to write this?" And and like, did I read this article? No, but it's rubbish. It's just like, why are you commenting? If you've not even read it, so. Um, they did read it so you win like you know that that's the thing that i think you need yeah. to take solace in with that is that recognizing that you know and for me it was recognizing that these people with this vitriol uh that you are capable of engendering that vitriol and which means that you've obviously hit on something and you're doing something right yeah definitely it was weird i mean i i only wrote it just out of pure curiosity to try and help people who didn't understand the salary cap as well as I did. And I don't understand it at all. So if, if you are new to it and don't understand the salary cap one bit, I tried to break it down in, in a way that English people might understand it a little better. And I didn't even think anyone would comment in it. And it just snowballed. So heaven only knows what you get on a daily basis compared to what someone little like me is writing one article and you're blowing Twitter up with your takes and news stories and stuff. And I don't understand why someone would want to troll someone who's on the inside of the sport they love. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's weird. Yeah, I, I don't get it from that part. And don't don't never don't don't call yourself little man. Don't don't belittle yourself like that. Like you know, we're all we're all the same guy. We're all just dudes talking football. I, I might have a little bit of a bigger megaphone maybe to shout what I'm writing about, but but in the end, we're all just dudes talking football. So don't you know? I'm not going to let you insult my new friend Chris like that. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Hold on, um, Chris. You want to cover off fantasy football? Yeah, yeah. So, do you, I presume you play fantasy football, right? Then very poorly, Surpri- which may surprise people. But <laughs> um, I don't have my problem. Is I try to outsmart myself. Um, I, I get, I find these, you know, these sleeper guys or whatever, you know, and these guys I've kind of like scouted a little bit, and you know, and I'm like, oh, this is a good dude, and he's going to be a great catch in two years or whatever. Meanwhile, I'm playing in a, a one year fantasy league or something that's not dynasty, and so uh, you know, I wind up stacking my roster with guys that uh, are going to have great fantasy seasons three seasons from now, uh, <laughs> you know, and I, and I become that guy. So with that, how did you get on this season? Like, how many did you leagues did you play in? Did you win any championships? I only play one or two uh, season-long leagues. I've got a family one that I've played in forever, and uh, I, I usually win that one. Um, I played in another uh, in a friend's league, and I came in third in that one. Uh, and that was most the, – the problem with that one is most of my picks right started going down uh, right during the playoffs, you know, injuries, things like that. So it was bad luck with that. Um, you know, I do, I do really well with the daily fantasy stuff, but uh, season-long and stuff like that, I, my, you know, my own brain gets in my own way. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, there must be so much going on for you all over the place that when it comes to putting a couple of players into a fantasy lineup, it, it must just scramble and just decide, nope, 
Well, it's tough. You know, you, you, that's the thing. You, you overthink it. And, you know, I don't have as much time to devote to, you know, to all that kind of stuff as I used to. And uh, so for me, you know, then I start looking at personal relationships. Oh, I know this dude. He's a good dude. I'm drafting him, you know, that kind of stuff. And, you know, you let that, you let that kind of cloud your judgment. And fantasy um, sports in general is one of those things you kind of have to be dispassionate about. You know, you have to be uh, clinical and a numbers approach and cold about it. And uh, I just, I don't, <laughs> you know, you get to know some of these guys and you just don't have that in you anymore. Yeah. We were saying exactly the same thing a couple of days ago on our podcast that like we got asked the question, what, you know, do you have any favorite players that you always draft or is there anyone you won't touch? And Murph and I said, well, if anybody can provide you the W, then it doesn't matter whether they're your favorite. Murph said he'd drop his own mother <laughs> from this team if, if she was costing him points. So, <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I got, I've got to be honest, Ben. I'm a, I'm a bit cold. I I, I, I have dropped. I have traded uh, my favorite players, Mike Evans. He's been traded. I have traded the go. I have traded. <laughs> I have traded everybody. If I can find a way to win, and trading does it, it, it doesn't matter. When it comes to football, uh, especially fantasy football, I have no sentimentality at all. You're probably pretty good at it. Then you have to be kind of ruthless in order to be good at, at, at fantasy football. Yeah, well, the way I look at it is it's fake sport, right? So, right, right. It's just math. It's just math. And so once you once you boil it down to that perspective, you know, the, the problem is is like you know guys like me who who have to cover these guys in the real world, it's a little bit different, you know, like because I can sit here and I can be like, oh yeah, he had you know he had one catch for six yards, he's hot garbage, you know, and then I got to go be like, oh. Uh, so today we're doing a story on you and your charity, uh, you know, and so it's like you've got to be able to separate those two worlds, you know, and like if you could do that, you'll be very good at fantasy. Uh, my problem is, is that those two worlds bleed into each other more and more every day, and I, I don't have that ability anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, with that being said, should we talk a bit more about the real world then? <laughs> oh, I mean, we can talk about whatever you want. I <laughs> If uh, you want to talk about 17th century French agrarianism, if that's your idea of a good time. <laughs> well, I mean, that sounds like something you could teach me about because I don't even know what you just said. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. So, I, I, um, uh, yeah, we can talk about whatever you guys want, man. I'm not uh, – whatever you want. Cool. Well, let's, let's talk some free agency and, and some off-season talk then, shall we? Sure. Do you think there's going to be any big f- – free agency moves that you're expecting to happen relatively soon once free agency opens? Um, like I said, it depends on what you mean by big. Um, you know, I think everybody's kind of got their eye on the Antonio Brown situation. That's not necessarily a free agent. Um, Le'Veon Bell as well. He is, you know, will be. Uh, um, so, you know, we'll see movement on those uh, pretty quickly. Um, I don't know if you consider Jonathan Hankins a big free agent. That, that'll move pretty quickly. I suspect he winds up in Denver. You know, there there will be uh, there will be significant movement within the first week. There will be a lot of names. You know, most of the free agencies kind of divided into what we call three tiers. Uh, tier one is all those things that get announced the day before, two days before, or within two days of free agency officially kicking off. Uh, tier two is the reaction to that. You know, after all those guys have gone, the guys who missed out on their top targets are delving into tier two. And that generally occurs, um, you know, within that second day to the end of the first week of free agency. And then the third week of free, and then after that, the third tier of free agency is just kind of the leftovers. You know, all the guys that teams missed out on all their guys up to this point. So they're just scrambling to fill, um, you know, roster deficiencies. And so, um, you know, I think that with tier one this year, uh, Adrian Amos, Callahan, uh, obviously Bell and Brown, the aforementioned, 
uh, you know, guys like that, those guys will all go in, in, in tier one. Is there a specific name you're, you're asking about? Or? No, I think just anyone in general, just any, any insight of anything you might have heard or anything. Obviously, nothing's going to be official at this stage because it's still uh, two weeks away. Uh, well, yeah, um, I, I think Le'Veon Bell has, has got you know, kind of three destinations. Uh, whether that's going to be the Raiders, the Colts, the Jets, we'll see. Uh, I suspect it'll be the Jets, but, but we'll see. He may be leveraging the other two for contract stuff. Uh, Antonio Brown, I think he winds up with the Niners. Um, you know, there, there are some other teams in play, but I, I just kind of feel like that's the direction that's going to go. If he doesn't wind up there and somebody else makes a last-minute bid, uh, I think Emmanuel Sanders, they, they could trade the Denver Broncos for Emmanuel Sanders. Um, you know, Kyle Shanahan's always liked Emmanuel, so you, you could kind of see another trade there. Uh, I, as far as the Broncos go, I suspect they'll trade Case Keenum to the Arizona Cardinals here very soon. Um, you know, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, their new head coach, was um, was Case's quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator uh, in college at the University of Houston, uh, and he would be a great veteran mentor to whatever quarterback they have going, which I think is going to be Rosen. I don't think they're going to move on from Rosen based on everything I've been told. Um, you know, I know everybody's hyping that Kyler Murray at number one thing. I don't think that's happening, but, but we'll see. Uh, if the Cardinals trade out of one, it could happen. Um, I know both Gruden brothers really like Kyler Murray, so we'll see, you know, kind of see how that goes. Um I think Ryan Tannehill is probably going to wind up in Cincinnati. Um, I think Andy Dalton is going to be moved on from you. You probably see him in Washington on like some kind of uh, backloaded veterans deal. Um, the problem with the, the Redskins is they're having to work around Alex Smith's, you know, kind of injury and huge balloon cap numbers. So uh, that's kind of a problem for them. Uh, but, but I suspect you could see him, Andy Dalton wind up there. Uh, I already talked about Hank the Broncos, Adrian Amos, probably to the Broncos. Um, who else, who else, who else? Foster, the, the guard out of Pittsburgh, probably also the Broncos. Um, you know, and then you got to look around. Um, Bradley Roby, I know the Saints were talking about that. Uh, that would be just another Ohio State defensive back to add to their, you know, list. Um, John Brown's probably also a Broncos target, the wide receiver. Uh, you know, obviously Ross, they're trying to trade him. Uh, the Bengals are, uh, so we'll see. Um, Oof. Yeah. Anyway, there's your few. I love that. I, I've just one more. Um, do you think uh, Landon Collins is going to end up in in Tampa, or do you think it, it might be the Honey Badger or neither? Oh, that's a really good question. I I think Tyrod Matthew is the more likely candidate there. Um, I you know I, I wouldn't rule either one out. Um, it's one of those things where Collins is going to kind of have offers, and it's really kind of up to him. You know. Um, with Matthew, there's the connection, you know, obviously to Bruce Arians. Um, so, you know, that, that could be a thing. Um, but you know, Collins is going to have his, his kind of choice. And so when a player has options, it's, it can be difficult to predict sometimes, uh, where somebody's going to go. Uh, but I, I would suggest one or the other will, um, barring some ridiculous nonsense happening between now and then. Yeah. No, I, I'd say I, I was thinking Collins because of the, the link and I know that, uh, Jason Light inquired um, right. at, at the deadline, and the price was too high. But yeah, the, the other thing I said is like last season, the Bucks don't have as much cap room as they'd like, and um, you know, last season they couldn't get Jarrett McKinnon over the line because the Niners came in and, and blew the top off the offer. So it could happen with Collins as well, I suppose. So I would prefer Matthew. That would be a good one. I think it would sell seats, and and I think anything the Bucks can do to sell seats right now will will help massively. Yeah, that was a problem, you know, when I was there. Uh, <laughs> it was always a problem when I was there. So, yeah. 
no, I agree. And, and especially last season, they were giving tickets away because they couldn't they couldn't sell them. So um, yeah, it's, been, it's been that way since since what two thousand nine, since you know two thousand eight. So yeah, no, definitely. It's what happens when you're not in the playoffs for so long. It's a sad thing for me personally to have to watch from afar. Um, considering when I was there, it was such a successful franchise, but we still yeah. love them. So <laughs> um, all right, we're moving on to the the draft. Then um, obviously you, you specialize in analyzing quarterbacks you played the position what do you make overall of the the 2019 class i don't think it's a very good one um specifically not very deep um there's plenty of guys in this class who uh fit that you know that brian hoyer role you know career journeyman spot start type guy um but as far as potential you know when i look at quarterbacks i you know there's there's really three or four tiers you divide them into and that's uh you know, potential starter, uh, potential, you know, spot starter uh, slash career backup, uh, athletic developmental type, and not really, and then not NFL caliber player. Um, and I think there's three, maybe four guys in this class that, you know, depending on how you feel about Kyler Murray, um, are, are potential starters. Uh, Haskins is, is really the best of the bunch at Ohio State. Um, you know, his command with accuracy in the short intermediate game is, uh, is is better than anybody else in this class. Uh, he's not very athletic, but you know he's he's got quick enough feet to manipulate the pocket. Um, you know he's got a big enough arm. Ball dies on him a little bit on some of the deep ball stuff, but you know, but he's got a big enough arm. Uh, Drew Locke is the you know is the best athlete <laughs> uh, that's not named Kyler Murray. Um, he's you know he's um, he's very athletic. He's got the biggest arm. Uh, you know he kind of reminds me of Jay Cutler without all the personality baggage. Uh, he's kind of anti Jay Cutler as a person. You know, I, when I was down at Mobile at the Senior Bowl, I mean, his his presser was hilarious. You know, he's one of those engaging people you want to be around, uh, where Jay Cutler was kind of aloof and arrogant and things like that. So, um, you know, the real question is, is can you develop Locke? I don't think he's a starter day one. Um, but, you know, if you've got the right quarterbacks coach, you know, can you develop him and turn him into something? Because, you know, he's got some mechanical issues and he still makes some bad decisions trying to throw off his back foot, and, you know, things like that. Um, who else? Uh, Daniel Jones out of Duke, real smart cerebral guy. Uh, his press conference was kind of the opposite of Drew Locke's. You know, he, he's kind of that guy that, that reminds you of, of Eli Manning. Uh, he's, he's just really vanilla. Um, if, Drew, if Daniel Jones's personality were an article of clothing, it would be a pair of khaki pants, you know. Um, they're just kind of there. Um, and I think he's, you know, he's a smart guy and he's got potential, but, you know, he needs a little bit of work, not really a day one starter either. So, you know, I think he could be a guy. And then Kyler Murray. Uh, if you think Kyler Murray's a star, you think he's got that kind of ability, good for you. Um, I'm not that guy. Uh, you know, I, I look at Kyler Murray, and, and I can tell you from experience, being a fast, uh, a smallish quarterback is really fun until a big, fast guy catches you. Uh, and then it's not. And, uh, you know, a guy like Murray, um, you know, Oklahoma did a lot of things to kind of shield or mask his – uh, his deficiencies, you know, wider splits in the offensive line. Uh, they dropped him deeper in, in his in his dropbacks, you know, to give him a better view of the field. Uh, and those are smart things to do. The problem is they don't work in the NFL. Um, you know, you go wider splits in the NFL with your offensive line, and you're going to get double-A gap blitz to death. Uh, and if you drop a guy deeper in his drop, uh, well, then you're dropping him right into the teeth of an edge arc rush, um, which if anybody's ever watched a Mike Bart's offense, uh, leads to getting your quarterback sacked a lot. Uh, and for a small guy, that's definitely what you're trying to avoid. So, 
you know, I, I think that I'm not saying that Kyler Murray can't be successful at the pro game. I'm just saying that the things that they did to make him more successful at Oklahoma won't work in the pros. Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So based, you know, being a Bucks fan and a Broncos fan, who, who do you think they take in the first round of this year's draft? The Buccaneers or the Broncos? Well, we're both. Um, I think the Broncos kind of have their eye on four guys. I mean, it's obviously it's too early to say who's going to take who, but I think the Broncos really have like four guys their eye on. Uh, Drew Locke, if he if he's there, um, I don't think they're going to trade up because they don't want to give up assets for him. But if he's there at ten, I think he would get strong consideration. Uh, White, the the linebacker out of LSU. Uh, um, Vic Fangio's defense requires athletic inside linebackers that can go side to side away from the ball, and the Broncos don't have that. Uh, Brandon Marshall's going to be gone. Todd Davis is a downhill only guy, and Josie Jewell is an athletic, an unathletic run funnel guy. Uh, so they just don't have that. So they need that. Um, and then probably two corners. Uh, they definitely need corner help. So uh, Greedy Williams, if he's there, would probably get consideration, even though he's kind of uh, allergic to tackling. Um, and DeAndre Baker, um, you know, the University of Colorado just hired Mel, Mel Tucker, the Georgia defensive coordinator, as his coach, and he's been kind of passionately lobbying for the guy, his DeAndre Baker, his protege uh, out here. So uh, I, I would suggest that those four names are probably the Broncos' target uh, at this point in time. Uh, with the Bucks, I, I think it's more of a little bit of a best player available. I think you're looking at who trades up to where, who, who, who falls where, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And the Bucks are kind of just looking to infuse talent specifically on the defensive side of the football and the roster because you know, I think the offense that they have is, is, uh, is pretty good. Uh, I think the talent that they have is pretty good. Uh, if you think Jameis is a long-term master, if you don't, the skill positions, you know, they're pretty set. Um, they, they've got good receivers. They've, they've got decent young talent running back. They've got athletic tight ends. Uh, and, you know, and the offensive line, I think, is not as bad as people think it is. I think that Dirk Cutter's um, – penchant for going vertical put that offensive line at risk a lot of times I, I think as a unit they're better than people think they are so um you know I, I think they just need talent along the defensive side of the football I know they're making a conversion you know they're going going back uh, stylistically to a different defense so um you know I think that uh, they need to find the right talent there uh, and I would suggest that looking at corners is probably in defensive backs is probably the direction they go but um you know again it's early yeah, no, I, it's, it, I think they trade out anyway from five, so it'd be interesting. But, you know, you never know. They might see someone at the combine this week and they fall in love with them. So uh, we can see what happens. All right, for a final question then in terms of draft night itself. Um, do you have anything in particular that uh, us UK fans who are staying up till one, two in the morning, uh, something we should watch out for, maybe like a blockbuster trade or a shock announcement of someone who's going to maybe rise from, and I know it's really early, we've not had pro days, but rise from non-consideration into the first round, something like that? Um, you know, I think, uh, I think the receiver, DK Metcalf, is kind of the guy to keep your eye on. Um, I think a lot of teams are about to fall in love with him. I think he's going to work out incredibly well here at the Combine. Uh, and I think his rise is going to be kind of meteoric. I could see him going top seven. Uh, and that's not something that's really projected anywhere right now. Um, so, you know, I would suggest that uh, to keep an eye on that because that could kind of throw a wrench in, um, you know, that early mock draft where everybody's predicting a lot of defensive linemen and quarterbacks. Uh, and that could, you know, also potentially give Tampa uh, either a better player or uh, a, a trade out spot or, you know, something like that. So I, I would suggest to keep an eye on that. I don't think Kyler Murray is going to go number one. Everybody's talking about that. I, if he goes in the top five, I think it's Oakland, um, unless somebody just vaults up there and trades up there, whether that's a, like a Miami or a Washington. But, 
I, you know, I, I think from what I understand, I think he's going to go later than people think he is. We'll see uh, how that shakes out. But right now, I, I think the hype on him is a lot. Everybody's kind of hoping that somebody else takes him and pushes a better player down to them. Good to know. So I think that would be good for the Broncos at 10 as well if, some, if a receiver goes at 7 because it means a better player slides down to us. So I'm all in favor of that. Well, Ben, this has been great. Time constraints mean that we unfortunately have to let you go. But if you would like to come back, we would very much appreciate you coming back for a second chat. Yeah, anytime, guys. Anytime. Brilliant. Excellent. Well, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, they can unfollow me at Albright NFL. My, my Twitter following is a dumpster fire, so they, they probably want to avoid that altogether. Uh, but uh, they can hear me on, on fine podcasts such as yourselves as well. Perfect. Well, thanks very much for coming on. Murph, as always, this has been an absolute pleasure. But gentlemen, until next time, I will speak to you all very soon. Don't forget, keep rushing. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.